part. It's Titans Talk time. Guys, Christian McCaffrey, right? Uh, thanks for the fantasy performance, but you really hurt my, my team, buddy. So I felt like we bottled the guy up in the first half as best we could. As a squirmy little guy and a strong guy. Unbelievable. But Landon, second half, that big run, it was just a matter of time, right? Yeah, especially with Casey out, and I believe Jeffrey Simmons wasn't on the play either. So if you had told me that McCaffrey's going to run up the middle and Casey and Simmons aren't going to be on the field, I would assume he'd do something like what he did. When Lane and I were uh, sitting in the upper deck of that game, beautiful stadium, by the way, great experience, best hamburger I've ever had at a sporting event, by the way. Really underrated. Made me wish that we could do more things. Just a, just a pretty place. I like their colors. They had this cool Panther statues outside. They had great signage. It was about 75% full. Um, so, and then they, the fans that were there were, were engaged. But I just think, except for your just iconic teams, I think attendance is just kind of down now. I just think it's 75% full at best, unless it's, you know, like Green Bay and Dallas or whatever. But I turned to Landon at that game, and I was like, if you could have any player next year just wearing a Titans jersey in the NFL that you could just root for, just it would be just, like, so fun to just, like, get behind them. Like, who would it be? Because McCaffrey just seems like they were having so much fun rooting for that guy because he looks like kind of a regular guy, but the guy just rips him off. Yeah, I mean, he's a good one. I mean, he's got, you know, good family pedigree. He's an incredible player the makings of what you want in a player. I mean, so who's that guy I, for you? If it's not McCaffrey, we talked about it a lot. And I know Landon, I, I think it'd be cool. And I don't know what his long-term future is, but how fun would it be if like on Sunday it was like, yeah, Kansas city come and the Titans and Lamar Jackson, we'll see what happens. How fun would that be right now? I mean, that would have been so much fun because I was a huge Lamar Jackson stand when he was coming out of college. And obviously in hindsight, Maybe we should have known that Mariota's down year was more—it was more than a fluke—and perhaps maybe we draft him and things change. But he's got to be outside of Mahomes the most electric quarterback, just because he doesn't have the crazy arm that Mahomes does. But he looks like prime Michael Vick out there. He just—he just runs around and just jukes through every defender there is. I think Michael Vick, although physically they're a little different, I just think as far as. His just electricity and what he's capable of, just big play-wise, arm and feet. I, I think that's our, our, our best um, allegory to him. Uh, I know you've told me this every time we talk about Lamar Jackson, every time I watch the game land, and you turn to me and say, the Giants still should have taken him at the end of the first round. I know they're happy with Danny Dimes and all that, but I still think you're probably right. Big fella, besides those two, those two guys, if anybody could just be magically transported into a Titans jersey just this Sunday, just regardless of position or any other falls, just to be able to just wear that jersey and just, like, be super excited about what he was going to do on the field, who, who, who would it be for you Sunday? Oh, man, outside of Desmond King? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I, I think, you know, I think Mahomes is an interesting one, but honestly, I'm, I'm the defensive guy. So I would love to have a guy like Khalil Mack wearing yeah. two-tone blue. I mean, because the, the Bears is not really that great. And, you know, he's like a game wrecker. <laughs> he, he carries an entire team. And obviously they have 
they've drafted well and they've got some complimentary pieces, but he's just like the the closest thing to Lawrence Taylor that you can find in the league. And I think that kind of a thing is ha- it, it's really exciting to get behind. Yeah. Oh, exactly. And we could talk about Aaron Donald a lot. A lot of really good, exciting uh, players. Heck, Keekly. I mean, there's just a lot of guys. Yep. And we have a few guys that I think are really fun to watch on Sundays. Uh, maybe that's not to the CMC level or Lamar Jackson level. But it's just really interesting just uh, how fun it would be. Because we always talk about – I always think about how fun would it be to be like a Patriots fan and just win Super Bowl after Super Bowl. But sometimes it's like – uh, I think the experience in Carolina was just like, man, it'd be fun to just have McCaffrey. You know what it reminded me of when every time he touched the ball, and in the first half it might have been four, five, three yards, sometimes six, seven yards. It was like everybody in that stadium held their breath, big fella. And it reminded me of Chris Johnson. It reminded me of 07, 08, where – do you remember you that? And there. when they would yeah. grab the ball, in that 2,000-yard season, it was like he had what? six carries of like 50 yards or more. And it was just like, we all were just like, I mean, just landing, just like on a draw, you just like held your breath and waited for him to just like run the distance. And like, maybe he's not as electric as Chris Johnson, but he's obviously um, maybe more well-rounded and he does have that big play potential. The guy was a blast to watch just uh, objectively speaking. I mean, every time, they ran they ran any play and McCaffrey wasn't immediately hit at the line of scrimmage. I just held my breath because it felt it feels like he can just make the big play every time. There were several plays where it looked like we had wrapped him up and he just pulled this disappearing act where he just suddenly he slides through the entire pile and just keeps going. And like you said, on every single toss, even when we kept containing he had to bounce it back to the inside and was hit immediately. You could just tell everyone was expecting him just to go all the way. John, do you think Cam Newton will ever play for the Panthers again? Nope. I think he is done. He's on IR this season. For the rest of the season, I think Kyle Allen, um, while I don't think he's a franchise guy, I think he he's enough. better than – right. He's, he's a tough kid. He's a known quality. And, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, you know, they drafted Will Greer last year – or this year, I guess. Um, so, I think they're ready to move on from Cam Newton. I've heard a lot of chatter. I don't know about you guys if you've heard it too that yeah. he could end up in Tennessee. I don't know how I feel about it. Maybe that's where you're going with that. I know question. how I feel about it. <laughs> and I think this guy was an MVP caliber guy for, you know, a season and a half and I think just the way he plays, I think I don't think he's going to have a really good future. I think the guy's already breaking down. Landon, that was my next question. Is there a quarterback more than Cam Newton that we're going to hear to the Titans because we're going to hear and there's going to be several it's not common uh, in most years. We're going to have several veteran quarterbacks sort of looking for new teams, I think, in this offseason. Are we going to have one guy more than Cam Newton ad nauseum sort of targeted by the media to the Titans? I don't think so because all these other guys are free agents that have to choose to come here. Cam Newton can be traded to us. It's not necessarily that he wants to be here. Like He could also go to the Bears, and maybe he doesn't want to play for the Bears, but that's just too bad. And it really seems like his time in Carolina is over, which sucks for the fan base because he's been their hero for this entire decade. But you got to move on at some point. And I feel like trading for noon is more likely than a Big Ben, a Phillip Rivers, a Tom Brady deciding, hey, let me go to the Titans. Well, there are other options too. There's Andy Dalton and 
uh, Case Keenum, and uh, I, I think the list is going to be pretty long. Don't you think, Big Fell? Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm just looking at it right now. I mean, Dak Prescott is there, Rivers is there. <clears throat> Rivers is going to open that stadium, even if they're yeah. ever. I, I just think he is, and he's a loyal guy. And it's because I think part of them would love to come, and I do think a wild card could happen. I think Big Ben could oh, be that wild card. Uh, I know you guys don't want to hear that, but I think the Rivers thing. I just think he's a little guy. I think he's going to open that stadium, but uh, we'll see. Potentially Teddy Bridgewater. We'll see how that kind of plays out. Yeah, there are going to be guys available. I mean, you know, yeah. maybe don't want to even suggest it, but the ultimate quarterback drifter, Ryan Fitzpatrick. You know, I mean, he could make his way. Oh, he's back. already I been here I once. I, yeah, I, think I, don't, a rule. I don't want to. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> at this point, I don't well, think we can rule anything out, though. So. Well, here's the thing. Um, except for the elite guys you mentioned, Tannehill has acquitted himself pretty well. I would think if I had to put money on a plan, and I, John Robinson is a shrewd guy, so anything can happen. But if I yeah. had to put money on it, I'd say we'll retain Tannehill and draft a guy, right, Lan? Regardless of whichever quarterback we end up with through this offseason, drafting a quarterback in the first two rounds is guaranteed because – we don't have the long-term answer, and if you don't have the answer, you've only got questions, and especially in this draft, assuming we don't make the playoffs. In the top 20, there's so many intriguing quarterbacks that will have a lot of potential that just need to sit for a little bit and develop. So in the bye week, we're going to do a podcast, and it's going to be Landon's early opinion on the quarterbacks um, in college football right now, and there's a lot of intriguing guys. Yeah, I mean, you have to. You have to have a quarterback to win. It's you know, becoming more and more obvious to all fans, let alone Titans fans, right? I mean, you got to have the guy. I think if you're a, a huge uh, fan of this team, you've heard the narrative for three days, and you don't want to hear us talk more about Henry should have gotten more carries, and why was he on the field more? And But all those things are true. And my big narrative that uh, really just burns me up is our offensive line against the pass was a – atrocious and yes ben jones is average good not great but we really missed him and uh, man i absolutely y'all don't need to hear us to talk for 30 minutes but i guess we do need to bring it up about i really do think if you would have put an average offensive line which is you know taking things for granted because a lot of teams don't have that on the field for us i think we would have been in that game that was our clear weakness right i i think so another thing that i really want to harp on is our discipline. We had, I think it was 11 penalties for 99 yards. That's We constantly saw it on Sunday where we were taken out of drives and you know weren't able to convert third downs because of penalties. But like you said, I mean, take away the penalties, or at least some of the stupid penalties, have our off- offensive line play average at best, and I think Henry probably has another 50 yards and a, t- a touchdown. I think without a doubt we're in that game. <laughs> Jeez, the more I'm talking about it, the more I'm thinking – uh, well, we we had a couple of missed field goals and we would have been in the game and weren't the better team on Sunday. But we were a team that was able to compete and the opportunities were there. So, Landon, tell it to one. What the heck, right? I mean, I really don't get it because our second offensive drive of the game, he has back-to-back penalties, a face mask, a holding, and it just kills another drive. And he just looks so bad, I mean. He's a top five paid tackle in the league he's been a pro bowler the last couple of years he's been the anchor on this line he's been the emotional leader he's been a big reason why Henry and DeMarco Murray were good and why Mariota had a short period of 
good play. And now ever since he got busted for the illegal substance, he's just he's looked pretty bad actually. And John, I know you sent you told us this theory that maybe he's been doing this kind of stuff. He's been doping his whole career. That's what partially why he was so good and now that he's been caught, he's had to go away from it and that's led to a decrease in his performance. It's possible. I, I like Taylor Lewan. I like him a real lot. He's in years past, he's been our fiery leader on the field. And, you know, we've seen him literally like explode in games, but I don't see that, you know, he got busted and whatever reason, maybe it was humbling. Maybe it's a million of these different things, but he just isn't the guy he used to be. There are a lot of things missing from Taylor Lewan's game that used to be not even a, a second thought for me. Uh, the physicality, the intensity, that was never a question for me before. Um, the question was like, oh, man, this stupid, this idiot got a personal foul for mouthing off at a ref or none of this stuff is happening now. So it just brings me all to question a lot of what's going on right now. So this guy um, says all the right things in an, in an interview and in a, in a press conference. And it, to me, that's kind of infuriating because <laughs> who is he accountable to? Yeah. Uh, you make a million dollars a game. It's like, yeah, Nate Davis was awful against the pass. He he was a rookie. He's a rookie. And uh, we can harp on this. It's not going to make anything any better. But I just think I want all of our fans to appreciate that Taylor Wan honestly, is a big reason for four and five. Obviously, his suspension and, and his play has been really poor. Yeah, he played well against the Chargers. Melvin Ingram was out. You tell me, big fella. Their bye week's coming up soon. We have seen offensive lines slowly improve, like the Chargers have incrementally improved last week. It's a challenge for all of these lines with the talent and the scheme that's on the other side now. Is this something we could hope to see some incremental improvement within weeks? Like, or are we just destined to just go through this? Because to me, I watched the game very closely, obviously. The offensive line, if we just had an average one, I think we would have uh, – the game could have been different. It was uh, just a lack of discipline and then the lack of play. The holes in the face mask were not just because they just like discipline or the bad players. It's because they were getting beat. Yeah. So do we have any hope of improvement within just a few weeks? Well, I'll tell you what, I think our bye week, you know, it's probably coming about two or three weeks too late. I think we 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 look gassed on the field. I think we needed an extra week to recover. We got a lot of people sitting on injury. Um, and I think since Taylor has been in the game, since he came off of the suspension, you know, he hasn't had a chance to kind of let the game sink in for a bit. Uh, it's just been, you know bad performance, average performance, things like that. So maybe he needs to watch more film. I don't really know, but <clears throat> there's hope that the team can, you know, rebound and become an aggressive offensive line. But honestly, at this point, especially at this point in the season, and if we don't have a lot to play for, Taylor Luan hasn't always struck me as that guy. Like we talk about Jarrell Casey where, you know, we were in those losing seasons and he was out there busting his butt for four, for four quarters. I don't get that sense from Taylor Lewan, but I'll tell you what, like you mentioned, one of the highest paid tackles in the league. 
he needs to step up. You know, we have spent a lot of money on this offensive line. And honestly, our best lineman this year so far has been Jack Conklin. And he's been in and out with injuries. So it's, it's been it's Ben Jones, really, but yeah. Well, yeah, but I mean, I'm just saying consistently. And well, I, I guess you're right. I mean, it's a tie between the two, I think. But, um, you know, and both of them aren't in the, the, the million dollar game category. Um, so, you know, you got to have you have to play to that to that level. Um, if you're going to be one of the top tackles in the league, you have to keep doing it consistently. It's not just like, oh, I'm going to cash in and then kind of check out. You made a really good point about the resources we put in. We put a lot in the offensive line for that to be our weakest unit. Landon, we put a lot of resources in our defensive backfield, which three seasons ago was an absolute joke. And now it's the strength of this team. We're going to be without Malcolm Butler who uh, got a lot of money. Now, this guy was an unknown guy from a small school, and obviously the Super Bowl made him famous. And this guy played poorly last year, Just I'll just say, especially early. And he showed the guts and the character. This guy played really well this season, and now he's out. You know, what, what's the long-term consequences for that, Landon? It's devastating to this team because the defense is the only reason that we even have four wins so far because – They've had two fourth, two fourth down stops in back-to-back games before the Panthers game, and they shut down the Browns. And it's a, and a big reason why is because when we go nickel, there's no weak link. Adoree Jackson, Logan Ryan, and Butler, they're all pretty good. There's no guy you just target. And now LaShawn Sims is that third guy, especially against the Chiefs, where we've seen just random receivers suddenly become stars for a game. Assuming Tyree Kill and Sammy Watkins get Logan Ryan and Adoree Jackson on them, that means LaShawn Sims has to cover Mikkel Hardman, Demarcus Robinson, both who have had great explosive games. And Sims' limited time against the Chargers, he looked pretty rough. And if we can't rely on our defense to be top five, then I don't really see how this team can be even as good as it's been so far. And we haven't really been – that good, really. You guys know I, I like uh, LaShawn Sims as a, as a fourth corner. I think it's a testament to the the depth that uh, Robinson is building in three drafts. But like you said, the Chargers went right after him. And big follow-up, Kansas City is going to do the same. So Hooker, uh, I think, is going to have some potential. We'll see him more, and we'll see, obviously, LaShawn Sims. I, my theory is they'll put Sims on the outside, and they'll leave Ryan uh, in the slot, right, just for continuity, Landon? Yeah, I would assume so, and I feel like if you have Sims on the outside, then you can shift the safety coverage, your linebackers to assist more than on the slot. And Ryan is so good out of the slot that there's no reason to put him on the outside just because he's a better player than Sims. Right. So let's talk Kansas City. Uh, it's a fun team to watch. We all like them. Everyone admires Andy Reid, and the Mahomes thing is uh, super fun. Did you guys realize we're obviously we'll be at the game? Uh, this is the CBS game. This is the uh, the Nance Romo game, right? They're so fun to listen to. Uh, maybe we'll listen to it on the back end, but it, it's pretty cool. And I don't think it's just uh, Kansas City, but I think it's interesting that they're uh, essentially the the lead CBS game this week, right, Big Call? Yeah, I mean, like you said, obviously everybody wants to watch Mahomes. I'm um, still not sure if he's actually going to play, um, but also, I mean. Media, they tend to like good teams, but they also tend to like teams with a lot of question marks. Right. Um, because a lot of things Narrative. unfold. So, yeah. 
Yeah, we, we've got a bunch of different narratives um, at play, and I think we're an interesting team to see what's going to happen because we're probably the least predictable team in football right now. That is so true because we're either going to bounce back, upset this team, and roll off five of six, or we're not going to win another game. We have a tough schedule. So it, we're at a point at four and five where uh, it could go either way. When you say Landon, like Landon is younger – Super analytical. He he's a sport. He loves to watch a good game. I'm not saying he's not, but Landon, you're you're a realist. You want us to do one or the other, right? Yeah. Either we somehow we win five of these next seven games, which would be astounding given how tough the schedule is. I mean, we've got a losing record, and that was the easier part of our season. So either we win a bunch of games, we get back into the playoffs, or right on the cusp. Maybe week 17 with the Texans is a playing game like last year, which I would take. Or we just bottom out. We go 6-10 and 10 at best, and we get a top-10 pick to rebuild at quarterback because the worst case for the season is we win seven to eight games and we have a pick from 16 to 18 where you can't really get a top quarterback or even a top blue-chip talent. You have to trade up or take a middling guy. I remember – Mario's second year, the year he broke his ankle. We won a meaningless game against the Texans after they had won the division. And it wasn't like we were playing playoff spoiler for them. We dropped down three picks. We missed out on Jonathan Allen and Marlon Humphrey, both who are great players. And now Dory Jackson is, he's fine, but what if he wasn't? What if we had missed on those two guys because we won a stupid game that didn't matter at all on week 17? So either we end up rising or we suck. You know, big fella, I I don't necessarily agree that I would I wouldn't be the same way, but I think the way Landon just described that is the way I think modern teams are looking at it, right? And it came from the NBA and before that came from Moneyball. For us, it's like I respect the Steelers, although I'll never root for them for just going all in, and they'll never tank. And the day this team openly tanks, I'm literally moving to Memphis. I'll, I'm gonna just be a season ticket holder for the Grizzlies. Like, I don't want to see it. But his sentiment is shared by the future of the people that will be running NFL franchises, right? Like Landon said, you know, the difference of a couple picks is pretty huge. It's not romantic, but it is highly strategic. And I think Landon – Oh, without a doubt. uh, It makes a lot of sense because everything he said is true. I hate it. I I do not like it either. I don't don't like the thought of tanking. I was – I was thrilled to see Miami pull off a win over the Jets. I mean, it's it's Miami and the Jets, but, you know, it easily could have gone the other way. Um, but I love it when teams fight. I don't – you know, you're, you're being a – you're a professional athlete. You're, pay, you're paid a ton of money to play a game that, you know, nerds like us watch and follow every single day of the week for, you know, not even just the season, but pretty much all year. You know, I mean, a lot of these players, they're, they're kids' heroes. To tank is just like, you know, no. I, I can't tank at my job. No, I'd get we fired can't tomorrow. Take it. Yeah. I mean, but. so it, it, it I, I, I like you. It really bothers me when teams tank. I don't like to talk about it. But, you know, to Landon's point, it, it can really help your franchise in, in the following years. If you know you've got nothing to play for, um, you don't want to win a meaningless game. Uh, I mean, you know, from a front office perspective, from a player perspective, I'll tell you, every single player wants to win. Uh, I've 
been in a whole bunch of games. I've never, ever taken the field with the expectation to lose. Now, granted, I'm not a pro athlete with anything to gain by by tanking or losing. But it don't but, matter. Right. You yeah. get on that field and you – yeah, you would it's, never yeah. accept the fact that you would get less than 100% effort. You're not letting the, the probability of a loss enter your, your mind or your psyche. I think it's that interesting juxtaposition of – what everything Landon is saying is true, and it is how the league is going to go, and it's really tough to accept, but it doesn't make it any less true. Um, and we're going to see probably half of the teams or more just lean into it, and we're going to see, um, like the Steelers, just say, absolutely, because the Steelers will never tank. They will never tank, right? And so, uh, to me, it, it creates an interesting narrative because you're going to see kind of two paths that that might be redemptive in its way and make it more interesting. For us, I think we'd lean to the team that would never tank. Like, we've tanked on accident for sure. But four years ago, Tampa Bay was winning at the half and yep. literally came out and tried to lose. They we pulled their starters in the second half. They pulled their starters. Like, we're, just, we're not going to do that, and I'm glad. But sometimes your principal can, uh, like you were just describing, like sometimes you, like Landon described – it can be the reason between three draft picks, and it can be the difference between a nine-time Pro Bowler and, uh, you know, just a good player. So, you know, I, I kind of see absolutely both ways. For me, guys, Kansas City is one of those teams, and I think it's because Andy Reid uh, hires guys that are so good at scheming the game and so good at developing players. It's like, Landon, they literally have like seven guys that might score two touchdowns on Sunday, right? Yeah, and like you said, it's Andy Reid, it's his coaching staff, and it's because Patrick Mahomes is just so brilliant. I mean, if you told me any of their four receivers, Kelsey, any of their three running backs scored two or three touchdowns, it wouldn't shock me. Like, if Deion Lewis scored three touchdowns for us this week, I would be really surprised. <laughs> but That's I mean, such no a great point. Lewis, but, but it's just the Chiefs are so high-powered. So explosive. Just yeah, but their so backup can do that easy. Yeah. They have and two like, guys in Williams. I don't know who's who. Everyone on their team seems to have magic pixie dust where they suddenly become really good. It's incredible. And um, if I hear Patrick Mahomes is the Steph Curry of the NFL one more time, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just die. But he is a unique talent, and the guy is so good. And Landon said it so well Sunday in Charlotte, like, I don't want him to play, big fella. But then I want to see him play. Right? Yeah, I'm I'm in that same boat. Uh, I don't want him to play because it improves our chance to win. But, you know, how often are we going to get to see Patrick Mahomes come to Nashville? I kind of want to see. Yeah, it's like LeBron I coming to see your it. town. Yeah. It's like, I'm going. <clears throat> right. And, and I, honestly, you know, you've, I think we've talked about it probably in other podcasts. And I know we've talked about our, our fan attendance and I'm kind of curious. Obviously I think there'll be a lot of chiefs, chiefs fans, but I think a lot of people are in that same boat. They want to see Pat Mahomes. Um, well, think about yeah. it. If you had an eight year old to 15 right. year old yeah, son, of course. he'd be like, yeah, dad, that one. And he might yeah. wear a side and Jersey might not eat whatever, but he wants to go see Mahomes. So you're right. It might bring more Titans uh, fans. I didn't really think about it, but you're dead right. We'll see a lot of Kansas city fans. We'll see a lot of red. I think we'll, we might see, just more Titans fans because, but sadly, we might see more Titans fans if it's sunny outside, right? Yeah, and right now it looks like it will be, so that's the good thing. 
So, in your heart of hearts, guys, um, how do you see this game going? We sat through two games last year where we inexplicably won and played incredibly. So, I think a lot of Titans fans in the back of their head are thinking this could be like the New England game. This could be like the Philly game. We've got that in us, right, Landon? This is the kind of team, even without Butler, uh, even uh, with the struggles of the offensive line, Tannehill has acquitted himself pretty well. Uh, we still have talent. Uh, do you do you give us a shot in this game on Sunday? And then big follow up, follow up with the same question. I think we do have a shot because Henry has the most opportune matchup you could take because all season Kansas City's run defense has been just so bad. The reason they've lost two games is because the Texans and the Colts just kept running the ball over and over and over, controlling the clock. And Henry can do that. You could give him 40 carries this game and he'd be fine. Now, obviously, we thought that was the same kind of situation against Carolina and mistakes and penalties and game script didn't work out that way. But our offensive game plan could keep Mahomes off the field. But with the loss of Butler, it's really hard to see us slowing down Mahomes, especially because he'll be fired up. He'll be ready to be back. And their offense hasn't looked terrible, even with Matt Moore at quarterback. And Matt Moore was a scout for the Dolphins in the offseason. And he looks like an okay player in this system. Yeah, I think everybody credits Andy Reid with Matt Moore. But, big fellow, your thoughts? Yeah, you know, I'm never going to count us out of any game. But then again, I'm never going to count us to win any game. Because I've done that many times in the past. And this team has broken my heart. But then they've also pleasantly surprised me. The good thing about playing Kansas City is the last couple times that we've played them, we've had a lot of luck. We've we've beat them uh, twice at the, in Kansas City, um, once on a – botched timeout and Ryan Suckup got a second chance at a long field goal, the walk-off field goal. And then the miraculous Marcus Mariota where he threw a touchdown pass to himself and Darrell Rivas uh, just kind of left the field <laughs> in the middle of a play. So, you know, it, it's kind of, I, I wish my chief killer was out there on the field, number eight, Marcus. Uh, but, you know, I, I, I think any given Sunday, we've got a chance. They've got some players that are injured, Injury report is a little bit bigger on their side than it is on ours. But like Landon said, I think Derrick Henry has a really great matchup. And Alex Okafor, he did not practice. I am not sure if he'll play. Frank Clark was questionable with a neck injury. That always scares me. Any yeah. player with a neck injury, I never want any player to have a neck injury. Never. It's just so critical and so important. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think this game definitely has – some opportunities for us to take advantage of. <laughs> Again, this team also has, like we, like Landon, you mentioned earlier, um, this team also has very, 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 very dangerous weapons. Yeah. And the problem is everybody's fast. You got Tyreek oh, who yeah. could run 100 miles an hour. I mean. Hardman can, can too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Everybody. Yeah, you're right. I mean, they could look at LaShawn Sims and be like, okay, there's our guy. Oh, they're going to go right at him. Yep. And he, he's got the potential and he's a good guy. He's got long arms. He's got good speed. But if it's not hidden that day, they could be up 21 to nothing after we blinked. And also, we could muck this game up, and we could do it, and we, and we, we could win an ugly game. We could. Tannehill is not afraid of anybody, and he is going to make mistakes. He knows he's going to turn the ball over twice, and he doesn't care, and they don't care. And he's going to go right after them, and there's, there's still a lot of character and heart on this team. Big thing for me is, who are we going to see? Is Casey going to play in this game landing on Sunday, in your opinion? I think it will. I mean, he didn't practice today, but Wednesdays are often rest days for veterans. So if he plays Sunday, he'll have two weeks between games. 
it didn't feel like it was a super serious injury. And obviously with the season at stake, maybe he pushes through a bit more. We saw how our defense wasn't up to its usual standards without Casey. So I think he'll play. Yeah, guys, give me a outlook on the rest of the injury report for our team on Sunday. Like who, who might we see? What's your guess? I know, like Landon said, practice on Wednesday is tough to call anyways because sometimes guys sit out just for preventive measures or just for rest. So what y'all's gut on who we're going to see and not see on Sunday? I think it's tough. I mean, uh, like you said, veteran rest days is a really hard thing to predict. I don't think we'll see Delaney Walker. I think he'll be out. But everybody else I think we should see. It looks like Jayon Brown popped up on the injury report again with a, with a groin issue, um, and that's what took him out of the game two weeks ago. So that's got me a little concerned. But everybody else I think is going to play. The rest of the people that we were talking the the players who I'm also worried about are like Ben Jones and Cam Wake and Harold Landry. They all practiced. They were limited practice, and that usually is a pretty good indication that they're going to play uh, unless something happens. And the type of injuries that I see on this limited uh, practice report, like for Harold Landry's shoulder, limited practice, I don't really think too much about that. I think he'll play. And, you know, he played – he, he arguably, arguably was the best Titan on the field last week. So we need more repeat performances like that from him. Um, Agreed. So I think we'll see most everybody play with the exception of possibly Delaney Walker. The One of the stereotypes and cliches is in the NFL is, well, if your center's out, that's going to be tough. The play calling, it's really underrated. Our offensive line was lost without Ben Jones. Uh, on Sunday, whether you think he's a, a good player or a bad player or a great player, Landon, they were lost without him. I think that was a it contributed to just the confusion that they had. And so, do you think if we can get him back, that will go a long way to us just not being embarrassed on Sunday? I mean, I really hope so. He's been our best lineman, I think, overall this season. And you could tell on Sunday, not having him was a big issue on a couple of play action fakes. By the time Tannehill finished faking the handoff to Henry, a linebacker was already in the backfield and tackling Tannehill before Henry could react. There was a botched snap where Tannehill pretty much had to run a quarterback sneak on first down inside our own 10-yard line because Douglas snapped it before everyone else was ready. And even though the offensive line was still pretty bad with Ben Jones, we never saw those kind of mistakes. We saw pass breakdowns. We saw our tackles getting beat, but we didn't just see – guys just walking up to Tannehill and sacking him more botch snaps out of nowhere. If you were a Chiefs fan, you're going to this game Sunday. What's your jersey? There are a lot of good ones. Honestly, one of my favorite players that they've had is Larry Johnson. Right oh, yeah. Penn State. Yeah, good one. I always loved the way he played. And uh, it's funny. We went to Vegas uh, a couple weeks ago for a wedding, and I should have known there was trouble when the dealers, she just wasn't looking right. But then she swapped out with this really, really sweet lady. She was wearing a, a Larry Johnson jersey, and I felt the Penn State magic, and I started to win a couple of hands. And then she clocked out for break, and I lost it all. <laughs> so, um, I, yeah, I always like Larry Johnson. Um, he's always a, a guy that I, I really liked in, a, as a chief. Man, it's super easy. It's got to be Mahomes. He's a superstar. He's maybe the best player in the NFL when healthy. And he's going into his third year. You you can be watching him play for fifteen more years. What more can you ask for? For me, guys, Tony Gonzalez, right? It's a really good one to have. <laughs> he sort of I mean, made us rethink. I know other guys did, but for me, maybe it's my age. He made me rethink the tight end position from an athleticism standpoint and just a leadership. It's just a guy can be the leader of the team and play tight end. It happens some, yeah. Kellen Winslow, 
Didka in the day, but how many guys were really the leader of the team playing that position? Just terrific. Uh, I like Free Stones. Uh, I can name a lot of guys. Uh, Trent Green. Dante Hall. I mean, they're, they're a bunch. For me, they don't have – a lot of these teams for me have a one guy. Baltimore Colts have Unitas and then later Peyton. And so for as great of a fan base they have, I don't think they have that one guy. So it's interesting to kind of find your guy. I know you guys have heard it a lot, but we have to bring it up. I've heard this coaching staff is going to be in the hot seat or maybe in this front office. I don't buy it. I, I've been frustrated by uh, some of the play calls on the field, but I think uh, this is a well-run team, especially comparatively to what we've been in the past. But I just feel like both, I want to hear both of y'all's opinion on, you know, just kind of the state of the coaching staff and if there is any issues. I, I think they're in for the long haul with these guys. Uh, I think the respect for um, our head coach from our front office and from our ownership is evident. And just uh, kind of speak to the kind of goofy chatter we've been hearing this week. We'll start with you, big fella. You know, part of me wants to drink the Kool-Aid, but the other part of me is like you. You know, we've we've got a good staff in place. I think there are probably some pieces that will obviously be changed out. I don't think Keith Carter will be back next year, especially if the off- offensive line does not make that that chain, that turnaround, like we talked about. Um, I think they'll look for a veteran offensive line guy to come in um, and kind of get this line playing back to where they need to be. Sometimes I get down on Mike Vrabel, but I think he's safe. Um, Arthur Smith, I just don't, I honestly don't think he was ready to be an offensive coordinator. And, you know, maybe in a couple of years he would have been, maybe he would have been the next, you know, any, uh, he would have, maybe he would have been great, but I just don't think he was ready yet. Um, and I think he's going to do a lot of learning this season so you know the ruling's out on him and how he finishes up but i i think most of the coaching staff is going to be safe i've heard some chatter that dean pease is talking about retiring again so that could be something but yeah i hope not i hope not either there could be some changes or we could say see the same exact coaching staff so um i don't necessarily know if the the chatter that we've been hearing is as warranted as it is but you know people we're not a winning football team right now, and people are going to have those conversations. But we have to remember that, you know, we are avid fans, and, you know, we've seen this show before. We know how, how, it, kind of, yeah. how it kind of goes, and we know our front office and what they're going to do or whether they're in touch with what's going on or whether they're not. I think they, they make decisions and they kind of stick to them. You know, we've seen a yeah. little bit of I think they're committed the last to couple that. of years. But, but I think they're committed yeah. to that, and I don't think there's any chance. Uh, you make an amazing point about offensive line. I think – because offensive line talent has become more and more rare just in the last five or ten years, and I don't think teams have caught up appropriately, I think you'll see scheme become even more important, Landon. And uh, so I do think we'll see, if not a change in the in that part of the coaching staff from a positional standpoint, I think we'll see different schemes. And I think we'll – because every NFL team now has two offensive line Coaches, we have uh, an offensive line coach and an assistant. I think we will see some fresh blood there one way or the other. But, Landon, um, do you agree that continuity is going to be king here? And um, what's your thoughts on just all the kind of just immediate reaction you hear about our coaching staff this week? Well, no one's going to be gone to the offseason. They're not going to rock the boat because we're not, thank the Lord, we're not the Redskins. We're not bottom of the barrel. We're hovering around the mid-tier. That's not enough reason to just change everything mid-season. But over the off-season, I would expect Keith Carter and Arthur Smith not to return in their same roles. 
So I would expect a new offensive line coach because after Mariota's second year, I think our offensive line was the best in football. And after that year, after he broke his ankle and Conklin got hurt, everything just seemed to go downhill. And it's more than injuries and scheme change from man to zone. The coaching changed and the offensive line has always been a problem ever since we changed coaches. And it's not a coincidence. And Arthur Smith, I agree with John. He just he just isn't ready enough. And it's not an easy position, but if you're going to be the offensive coordinator, you have to be more successful than he has been, especially given the talented weapons we have and just how seemingly every team but us that's even remotely talented seems to be able to score 30 points any given week. I don't necessarily agree with you about Arthur Smith. I think um, he'll be given another year. And I think he'll be given a mandate. I think – the perception of him is as an intelligent guy that can evolve, and uh, I do think we'll see uh, that. Interesting discussion, though, and uh, I want us to be a team that is fluid yet not reactionary, right? So um, that's what the good teams are. We'll see. We've talked a lot. We've had a lot of great discussion, guys. I am excited for Sunday. Here's the thing. We can win this game. We all know that. Yeah, <laughs> it's going to take uh, kind of – over-the-head play from some players, I think LaShawn Sims. I think we're going to have to commit to Henry, and I think we're going to have to find more ways to get him on the field. Um, because I, I think we hear so much like, well, Lewis is better in pass protection, blah, blah, blah. But we're going to have to find ways to get him on the periphery, get him in space, and let him control this game. I think it could happen. So finally, guys. Oh, we'll, yeah, well, go ahead. <laughs> I was going to say, do you remember last year against the Jags? I know you missed the play, <laughs> but the entire stadium chanting Derrick Henry. I have never felt our, our crowd more energized than that moment. And I, you know, thousands of people watching the same thing can't be that wrong. Like, you're right. He's got to get on the field as much as possible. And you've you, got to feed him the ball. <laughs> yeah. And I think if we do, we will win. No, so no question. I, I, yeah. So, guys, heart of hearts, we're going to end this episode. Thanks again for listening, everybody. Guys, heart of hearts, what, what's your prediction for this game? Score. I would say 38-27 Chiefs win. Now, that might be a bold prediction saying that we're going to score 27 points. <laughs> <laughs> Ouch, Landon. Well, we, we, we've heard from the tall fellow. So, big fellow, uh, heart of hearts, I know there's nobody uh... – that bleeds two colors of blue more than you. But what's your honest-to-goodness, as objective as you can be, feeling for this game Sunday? It's hard to be objective because I, I don't want to pick this team to lose. I, don't, I, I won't do it. I'm in a pick em league at work. And I don't ever um, – I don't pick the Titans to lose ever. I don't care who, who they're against. So I'm going to pick them to win. I'm going to pick it to be – I'm going to kind of jump on Landon's score, but I think we're going to score 35. Bold prediction, baby. Crazy you say that. I got the same score. Us, 35. Them, 33. Am I Homer? Yes. Yeah. It's going to be a crazy <laughs> game. It'll be a blast. And I hope it's so fun. I don't remember any of it. And I'm running down that concourse, and Big Fella has to <laughs> protect hey, you my know like he has in previous Hey, buddy. It, it could be hot chocolate games. season. You might need to go get one. So <laughs> Send me whatever you want. Guys, thanks for listening. We love doing this. We're all – uh, just enjoy it, and we just thank you guys for listening so much. And obviously, always tighten up. Tighten up. Tighten up.